Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. And kudos to all of you that were on here yeah. early, especially those that are visiting from the lake. Good work, Vander, Vander Kemp's. Vander Kemp's. Vander and we're Kemp's. also very jealous of you this morning. We are, except it's kind of gray. So we'll be praying that the sun shines for mm -hmm. you earlier or later. Um, so we are still in a get to know you season mm -hmm. with Pastor Marcus. So I thought we would just do some rapid fire questions. These are the important questions to know. These are. He has zero prep on these. Yep. And there's no explanation unless something's really interesting <laughs> for us. If you could buy any type of food right now, what would it be? Pasta. What color is your toothbrush? Pink. What's one thing you would put on your bucket list? Uh, to skydive. Okay. Not bungee jump though. Yeah. That's too close to the ground. Mm. Oh, I mean, skydiving is close no, to the ground. No, I agree too, with you. That's but... exactly my logic as well. Behind it is I don't want to be so close to seeing the ground. I just want to like be far away. Softly float down. We'll see. Who's your favorite superhero? Batman. Oh, wrong. I know. But I like wrong Batman. No, company. I can't. I can't give explanation. Okay. <clears throat> um, sorry. Who do you admire most? Jesus. What's your favorite summer activity? Drinking iced coffees. I don't like cold beverages. Well, cold coffee beverages. Um, but good that you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. If a movie was made of your life, this is two questions. What genre would it be and who would play you? Uh, oh, this is a hard question that I've been asked before. It would be probably a drama. Okay. And who would play me? Uh, I have been overseas. I was compared to um, Thor. And so I would like to say that whichever Hemsworth that is would. But I feel like it's probably more like what Chris Pratt was in like hey. Community. Ooh, now that you say that, I could see Chris Pratt with you. Because like Chris Pratt was like a little like fluffy back then. You had a little bit extra on well, like him. The face. And, yeah. And like the scraps. So that's, I what could I, see that's that. who I would hope could play me. Okay. If you could be any flavor of ice cream, what would it be? Chocolate. Oh, that was decisive. Who's your favorite cartoon character? Scooby-Doo. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Mm, France. What's your dream job? This one. Morning or night person? Of 100% morning. What's your favorite hobby? Drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. What's something that annoys you most? Uh, a lack of punctuality. What's the strangest thing that you've ever eaten? Oh, uh, I ate something called balut, which is a partially fertilized duck embryo that is steamed. And then you like, do I need to go? Should I go into much detail about it? I don't know. Are we queasy people? It's just like, okay, if you're queasy, just like mute, mute. for a moment. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they like, part, they like steam it. And then you like crack open the top. You like drink this like liquid. It was trying to say it's like watery scrambled eggs. And then you like, t what is typically done is you eat the embryo, which is kind of like a slimy, snotty, kind of little wiggly thing. Yum. Yeah. Yum. Okay. What's the favorite thing about someone in your family? You can choose who. Choose uh, wisely because your parents are usually on here. My, about my little sister, Brianna, is that we can basically communicate just by looking at each other and don't need to use words. Nice. I like that. 
Uh, what's one of your weirdest quirks? All of them. Uh, I don't know. What is my weirdest quirk? This is your quick fire question. I don't know. Oh, wow, weirdest? That's very kind of you. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. Mine we is, can let the people I would just know. say all of them. I don't know. I'm like a quirk. <laughs> I'm a quirky person. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Uh, brush my teeth. Okay. What would you do on Mars for fun? On Mars? <laughs> yeah, on Mars. Um, I would go like space cliff jumping because I feel like you would just like float. Yeah. I mean, hopefully. I don't know. I mean, it might be my only time that so I do something So teachers that fun. are online right now, is there gravity on Mars? So if there's no gravity on Mars or little gravity on Mars, I would like cliff jump. Yeah. Um, but if there is, then I guess that would be the only thing I would do for fun because then I'd splat and be gone. So <laughs> True. Might be my own and only. There you go. Okay. Here's your last question. If you could get anything for yourself right now, what would it be? Not food. Um, the first thing that came to mind was a food processor. That's so weird, <laughs> but um, I'm well, on the market not for food. one. So. That's like... That's food related. It's, it's just like... A, related. Maybe that's one of my quirks is that I have weird hobbies. But like the first question was, what food would you buy? So yeah, that's why. True. Okay. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us at Evangel Church this morning. We're just thrilled that you could be here with us. We have a few announcements for you. If you've been tuning into our midweek Bible study, you can do that right on the same page on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching. We are going to be moving that to Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. So if you log on on Wednesday, you will not see us. But if you log on on Thursday, then we would love to communicate with you. Mm. It's just to, um, accommodate some of our Bible study groups that are meeting as well during this time via Zoom. And we just want to keep community with the whole church together. So Thursday, seven o'clock, we'd love to have you with us. The second thing is that we are going to be putting together a Mother's Day montage. Yeah. And we need your help because all signs kind of seem to show that we're not going to be gathered together mm -hmm in this building for Mother's Day. So we'd really love your help in putting together a video. And what we just need is a very short five to 15 second uh, video of you just thanking moms. It can be something specific. It can be something humorous. It can be something heartfelt. But if you are taking your video of you, please hold your phone this way. Yes, hold it in landscape. Um, and that will help us when we edit it all together. The last thing is that we have drive through generosity happening this morning from nine to, well, it's past nine, from 10 till noon. And so if you would like to just contribute to the financial state of the church and helping us keep what's happening here going and be a blessing to our community, mm -hmm. you can come and swing by with your tithes and offerings at any point until 12 today. We're also in the office midweek from nine to about five, Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much for your generosity. If you are part of our mm -hmm. church family, you probably got an email this week just showing kind of where we are with our income versus the expenses, as well as the commitments we've made towards mm -hmm. our global partners. Um, and some of the other things that we want to continue on in ministry here. We can't do it without you. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. Well, I'm going to 
pray, and then we're going to turn this over to Pastor Marcus to hear what God would have for us today. So, Lord, we thank you so much that you really do have new mercies every morning and that you are not thwarted by what is happening in our world. Mm -hmm. In fact, God, you are in the business of turning everything to good, to giving us a purpose for every season. And so, God, we pray this morning as we're encouraged once again by your word that you would just speak to our hearts, that you would speak truth to us through Pastor Marcus, and that you would make us receptive to what you would have for us this morning. But God, we also lift up our world. We lift up Nova Scotia to you this morning, God, where there is just so much terror. Would you be peace and comfort? Would you be with the law enforcement that now has to notify families and just walk into this devastating situation? God, would you be with those families that have maybe lost loved ones or have them in critical care? God, we know that you are one who is near to the brokenhearted. And so would you be there? Would you be present? Would you be comfort? We pray for those that are on the front lines and essential services in this COVID-19 situation. Mm. God, would you continue to protect? Would you strengthen? Would you give endurance and perseverance? For those who are sick, would you heal? For those who have lost loved ones, would you comfort? And for those of us who are just doing our part to stay home and help ease the load on our healthcare system, God, would you give us perseverance? Would you give us graciousness? Would you give us peace? And would you help us to see the opportunities that you place before us to be your light in this world? In your precious name, amen. Amen. Before you go, Pastor Lisa, I need mm -hmm. to confess something. I made okay. a rookie mistake in that cool. I forgot my Bible. <gasps> Uh, but it's no, just on that table it. right yeah. there. Do you mind grabbing it for me? Thank you. Okay, I'm going to move over here. Um, so I'm center stage. But we are uh, so glad that you guys have joined us today online. Um, if you didn't catch it, my name is Marcus. I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel, and we're so excited that you are here with us today. Thank you. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit of a story about myself. As a kid, I had this incredible ability to like fall asleep anywhere. Didn't matter when, didn't matter where, didn't matter the circumstances that were around me. It was like almost a superpower where I was able to just literally fall asleep anywhere. So there's this one time where we were at a wedding as a family and I was about four years old and uh, I had fallen asleep pretty early into the night as was my custom when I was that age. Uh, and my parents who were there wanted to continue um, to just like enjoy the night uh, to spend time with friends and family at the wedding. And so they just like laid me down uh, on the floor with a jacket over me uh, because like I said, I could sleep wherever. And so they laid me down, kind of put me to rest there in a spot that they could see me uh, and kind of continued on the night. So as the night began to get a little bit later, um, the dancing started. And so the DJ walked up to a station uh, and was about to start like pumping the tunes when my parents had this horrifying realization that where they had set me down all of those hours before was right in front of the like main speaker uh, that that music was about to be playing for. So they like went to rush to go get me. Um, and the music started with this loud, blaring, crazy song. And so my parents expecting uh, me to be horrified, to be woken up, bleary eyed, confused and very upset, ran to that speaker. Uh, they looked down to see me still sleeping. Peacefully, I hadn't moved. I hadn't even jumped when that music had started. 
And they realized that I didn't even notice what was going on around me. And so although I wish I still had that ability today, which is sadly an ability I've lost, I don't know if it would benefit me in the same way as it did then, because I love sleep. Uh, we all do. We're all looking to get more of it. But lately, I've been trying to pursue something a little bit different than just adding hours to my to my sleep routine. And it's something that I've been pursuing, which is rest, which I think is a little bit different because as much as we need sleep, it only satisfies, I think, part of the rest that we need because there's more than just that. We're more than being just physical people. And I believe that there is, uh, of course, a mental and emotional aspect to us, but there's also a spiritual um, rest that we pursue as well. But have you ever felt like rest can often be extremely elusive? Especially in this season that we find ourselves in, rest can be extremely elusive, where we do try to find it with more sleep or with that supplement that we take before bed, that extra cup of coffee, whatever that may be. But no matter what, it doesn't quite satisfy the rest that we truly need, or it only satisfies part of it. And we're found kind of lacking. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about rest. And as we continue our series in Hebrews, which we started weeks ago, uh, and took a little bit of a pause during Easter, we're going to see what, uh, that what we pursue will determine the fullness of our rest. That what we pursue will determine the fullness of our rest. And so we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6 together. And if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Um, if not, and you have never had a Bible before, and you're joining us um, and are part of our community here online, if you go to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, there's a couple ways that we'll be able to resource you right now with a Bible, whether that's an online app uh, or later down the road when we can, that we would love to ship you like a physical Bible as well. And so if you don't have one, go to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, and we'll be able to kind of walk you through how to get one. Well, we're going to turn there together. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. And it says, It says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was also faithful in all God's house. For Jesus had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as a builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken of later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and are boasting in our hope. As we just read Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the rest that you invite us into. We thank you that you care about uh, the way that we live life, the rest that we are searching for, and that not only you care about it, but that you have done something about it. So God, I pray that you would convince our hearts that the rest that we find in pursuing you is the best rest that we could experience for our lives. God, I pray that my words today would be so quiet and that you would speak very clearly to our hearts today because we don't need to hear from me, but we do need to hear from you. 
And so God, may our ears be open and our hearts be ready for what you have for us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we just celebrated our Easter season last week where we focused around Jesus's death and resurrection. And actually where we left off in Hebrews is not much different. In the previous chapter of this passage, the writer of Hebrews talks about how Jesus' sacrifice and death uh, and resurrection destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And we also talked about, and Hebrews also ended off talking about how Jesus is our great high priest, the person who would be the bridge between the people and the pres- between people and the presence of God. And so chapter two concludes, and kind of a new point uh, emerges in the flow of thought in this next chapter. And although it's a new uh, flow of thought, it's not separate from what we've just read. And the overarching theme in chapter three and four is, and, and most of four is actually rest. And the writer of Hebrews starts this passage about rest by introducing a character named Moses. He was one of the heroes of the Old Testament and someone that the original audience would not just know, but would really hold in high regard. And it kind of seems that there's a connection between the end of chapter two, talking about Jesus destroying the power of sin and death and slavery, and kind of this next thought of rest. And the writer kind of uses Moses to be an illustration or almost a bridge between those two thoughts. And I think to understand why, we need to take a look at the comparison made between Moses and Jesus in our passage, and also what that means for us today. Because I believe that scripture does show that what we pursue will determine the fullness of our rest. And as we do this, I want to, cons- want to highlight a key word in this passage, and that key word is consider. It's at the very beginning of our passage. It says, consider Jesus, and then it kind of goes on. And this word consider in the Greek is not just simply to give a quick thought, uh, but the word root is katanoeo, and it means something a little bit deeper. It's more of a definition like this, and this is uh, William Barclay, uh, his definition of what this word means. It says it does not mean simply to look at or to notice a thing. Anyone can look at a thing or even notice it without really seeing it. The word means to fix the attention on something in such a way that its inner meaning, the lesson it is designed to teach, may be learned. To fix the attention on something in such a way that its inner meaning, the lesson it is designed to teach, may be learned. And this invites us into a contemplation about who Jesus is, truly, in a way that we can comprehend it, and how Moses compares to Jesus. So as we journey through this scripture this morning, We're going to look at Moses, but we're going to consider Jesus. And before we uh, jump into kind of some of the story of Moses, I think Hebrews 3 verse 5 is an important verse for us in understanding the comparison made between Moses and Jesus. And it says, Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken of later. We see that Moses' life and his ministry actually just shadowed what Jesus would do later and in a greater way. And this isn't to just negate the work of of Moses. It's not what the writer of Hebrews is doing. He says that Moses is faithful. He said that he led a life that that was honoring God. But the writer of Hebrews in this is simply just pointing people to someone greater than Moses. 
And I don't want us to miss the distinction here. It says Moses was faithful as a servant to God and his house. But Jesus is, a, is faithful in a way that, that Moses never could be, as God's son. And so we're going to look at Moses uh, right now before we consider Jesus. So Moses accomplished much in his life and in his service to God. And there are two pieces in his life that I want to highlight this morning because I think that they speak to this passage in Hebrews and also kind of some of the passages that come after this one. So Moses was born in Egypt when the Israelites, or God's chosen people, were under slavery to the Pharaoh and to the Egyptian people. And he saw the way that his people were being treated as slaves and the harsh conditions and the crushing weight of oppression that they were under um, being slaves to the Egyptians. But God in his compassion at their situation called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt because of their treatment and their oppression under the Pharaoh. And he chose Moses to be the one to lead them out of that or to head their escape. So through plagues and through the constant insistence of Moses to the Pharaoh, the Israelites finally were able to escape that God sent plagues and all of these terrible things upon the Egyptians um, in order to convince the Pharaoh that that was something that they needed to leave. And so Moses led them from this place of captivity, from this place of slavery, from this place of oppression, and into freedom from their oppressors. And although their journey from Egypt wasn't always smooth, God worked powerfully in their lives. And Moses had this strong sense of social justice uh, throughout kind of all of his story. And it was used to bring God's people into freedom. However, like said in the book of Hebrews, Moses's example was simply just to testify to what was spoken of later. And that thing that was spoken to later was Jesus. And as we consider Jesus, we see that he too was, a faith, was faithful to what God had called him to. He also saw the oppression that the world was under and he decided to come to earth to step off of his throne and enter into the brokenness and darkness of our world. And he was born into circumstances that weren't ideal. And as Jesus starts his ministry, he talks about his role on earth in Luke chapter four, verses 18 to 19, which says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus's purpose was to free humanity from the oppression, not necessarily from people or political power necessarily, like Moses's role was, but he was freeing us from something greater. He was freeing us from the bondage to sin and the death and separation that it brought something that only Jesus could do that nobody else was able to because Jesus was perfect in the way that he lived his life. He died and he rose again so that we can experience eternity with him and be brought back into the right relationship through God and with salvation. And this is actually the greater work that Jesus has done for us. And it's something no one else could accomplish. And this is why the writer of Hebrews is urging his readers and urging us to consider Jesus. Because this work of Jesus on the cross is the bridge to the rest that we're invited to. He removed the barriers to experiencing the fullness of his presence 
and brought us from death to life. And when we experience his freedom, we are also invited into his rest. And what we pursue determines the fullness of our rest. And as we consider Jesus, we see that he has already destroyed the barrier to experiencing the fullness of rest, not just in this life, but for eternity, so that our pursuit can be unhindered and unblocked. And this is what the writer of Hebrews was trying to get at with his hearers. His readers were at risk of falling back into patterns of belief and thought where they were going to renounce their faith in Jesus, where the oppression and some of the circumstances around the original hearers were causing them to kind of fall back into their previous belief system. But by doing that, it didn't offer them abundant life. And it would actually prevent them from experiencing not just present rest, but rest after this life in eternity with Jesus. And if you're exploring faith with us this morning, it's likely that you're exploring faith in Jesus with a belief system that maybe is already established, but maybe that you're finding is not working. It's not living up to what was um, said or what was promised. Maybe it's bringing you internal conflict that's actually leaving you restless. Can I encourage you this morning to consider Jesus? Can I encourage you to consider Jesus, the one who leads us out of darkness and into light and life, to consider the one who has already paid the price for your past mistakes and offers not just present rest, not just rest for your right now, but who offers rest that comes from knowing what the future holds even after this life. The rest that comes knowing in confidence that our life at the end here on earth is not the end, that it doesn't just end in darkness, but that it ends in eternity with him. Because I truly believe that as you consider Jesus, as you understand him and as he is revealed to you, that it will totally change your life as you experience the rest for our souls that he offers through removing those barriers and offering salvation. If you're mature in faith with us this morning, it can be really easy for us to put up barriers again in life that hinder us from freedom, isn't it? Maybe it's that persistent habit, that attitude that maybe needs to be redeemed or is in the process of being redeemed. But you realize as you pursue it, as you pursue those things, that it deadens your faith and that it maybe destroys the rest that you've experienced. Paul writes in Galatians 5.1, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Are there barriers in your life from experiencing Jesus? Can I remind you that Jesus, by his act on the cross, by his death and resurrection, has already removed those bonds from your life? If you're feeling maybe back or stuck in that place again, I think Jesus is calling us back to consider him. To consider him. To consider what we are pursuing, maybe. Because if it's not Jesus then we have stunted the fullness of rest that we can experience. And the writer of Hebrews was warning his hearers about this. Don't fall back into patterns or beliefs that can chain us to what Jesus has already paid for, because we see that it prevents us from pursuing him and experiencing his rest. We see that in our pursuit of faith, the first step to experiencing Jesus's rest is actually to experience and live in his freedom that he brings from the oppression of sin 
and death. Only then can we walk from bondage into rest. And as we look back to Moses again, we see that he was also the one who was to bring the Israelites from the wilderness and into the promised land. And I know that I've just skipped years and years and years of of some of the history found in Moses's life. Um, But the promised land was a place of abundance for his people. It was a place identified by God that would allow them to have all their needs taken care of. It would be a place that they could prosper in. It would be a place that they would make home in. And it was also a place where they would find rest from conflict. And although Moses didn't quite get there himself, he brought the Israelites to the very edge of the promised land, where Joshua would eventually bring them fully into. And we see here that Moses brought the people to a place. It was admittedly a great place. It was said to be flowing with milk and honey, which is simply just a term used to show the abundance and the prosperity that the land would bring. It was like an oasis in the middle of the wilderness for God's people. That sounds pretty good, right? It sounds pretty great. I know I would want to live there. And yet we see again that Moses shadows the greater things that Jesus does because Moses pursues a place of rest for his people. He walks them out of captivity to human oppressors and into the land of abundance. But as we consider Jesus, we see that he brings his people not just to a physical place, but he brings us to something much better. He brings us to himself. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Something that's highlighted in my Bible. It's something that I come back to so often because of the promise of rest for our souls. As Jesus brings us to himself, we see that he is unchanging, that he is steadfast, and that he is constant. And so is the rest that we are invited into. We also see Jesus invites us into his rest, which is not dependent on place. It's not dependent on outward circumstance, but it's dependent on access. And he has given us free access to to himself without hindrance to be able to find and receive that rest. And this rest is a free gift to you and it's a free gift to me, but we must accept it through faith. And what we pursue will determine the fullness of our rest. And as we consider Jesus this morning, can I encourage you that the perfect rest that we are looking for is actually only found by pursuing him. Because the rest that Jesus offers isn't just a divine deceleration of our time so that somehow our sleep is longer. It's greater than that. It's rest for our body. It's rest for our mind. And it's rest for our spirit. It is the very thing that our souls long for. And it's the peace that comes as a result. The danger the Hebrews was, were facing was finding the fulfillment in pursuing rest in something other than Jesus. And as a result, becoming restless and then actually falling away from faith. It says in Hebrews 3.3, 3, For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. Jesus was an active participant in creation. 
He's the builder of all things. And he is actually the creator and the source of true rest. And if he is a creator of rest, then as his creation, you know, there's a, there's a catch up to my body. And as I was hearing this phrase kind of often and over and over, I wasn't quite sure what it meant. Like, what does it feel like? Is this this like rushing whoosh that you feel where all of a sudden like you feel that catch up? How do I know what it feels like when my soul catches up with my body? And so as I was kind of wrestling through this, I didn't understand it until I experienced it for myself a couple weekends ago. So this COVID pandemic has been completely reorienting my routine, my habits, my rhythms, like it has with everyone. We've all experienced that disruption. And my rhythms are something that I need to thrive. They're something that, that I need to continue kind of in a good place or mental space. And I felt such a sense of exhaustion lately, largely because our bodies are processing trauma and loss and anxiety at what is happening around us. Weekends ago, I was doing things just, I was bustling around my house. I was trying to catch up on housework. I was FaceTiming with friends and family. I was just doing stuff to pass the time. And all of it was good and all of it was beneficial, but it was still somehow leaving me exhausted. And as I was praying, God, why am I feeling so exhausted in this moment? Why am I feeling like rest is so elusive right now? What do I need to add to help me feel like I'm at least surviving right now? And I heard him simply call me back to his word and to pause in his presence, to come back to his word and pause in his presence. And as I did that, like the saying goes, I felt my soul catch up with my body. It was this moment, not necessarily of being supercharged with energy, but for the first time in weeks, my mind was quiet. My heart was stilled. And my anxiety began to diminish. And I felt this refreshing of not just my body, but of my mind and my heart. I felt my soul catch up with my body. And this is the type of rest that Jesus invites us into. For our souls to catch up with our body. The rest that we experience in Jesus is holistic. It's interconnected, but also full and complete. And after that moment, I find I'm more alert. I find I'm more at ease. I actually find that I'm more myself. But the reality is I can't just rest on that one moment. The thing with pursuit is that it needs to be consistent. And so I keep pursuing him and I keep finding that rest that he promises. And although I haven't fully found resolution to the trauma that we're experiencing or an answer to the loss that I'm feeling or the anxiety that maybe sometimes creeps in, but what I have found in the midst of that trauma, in the midst of that loss, and in the midst of that anxiety is rest among those things. So I want to invite you into considering Jesus and finding that same rest by doing what the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us to do, to consider Jesus, to pursue him and, experiencing, and experience the fullness of his rest. Our overarching theme of Hebrews is the sufficiency and supremacy of Christ. And Jesus' rest for you and for me today 
is truly sufficient to fulfill our body, our soul, and our spirit. It is supreme or above all other sources of rest that we could find because he is the person of rest. He is the source of rest if we pursue him. Friends, rest doesn't need to be elusive anymore. It doesn't need to be something that we feel like we're pursuing but can't quite grasp because it's found in Jesus who has revealed himself already to us and who gives us full access to his presence. Jesus has already invited you and I into or back into his rest. So together this morning, can we consider Jesus and the fullness of life and rest that he brings? Can we consider his word, which brings us life? Can we consider his presence, which inspires us? Can we consider the burden that he offers us, which is not heavy, but which is light? And so in response today, as we begin to close, I want to just take a moment as I pray to recognize the presence of Jesus and to invite him into a moment of rest together. And so as I pray, I'm going to have a a moment where we simply just pause, where we pause for a moment. And in this pause, what I want us to do is to breathe, to consider Jesus, and to have that moment be the, the start of the pursuit of his perfect rest. And so will you pray with me today? God, we thank you so much that you have given us perfect rest, that it's rest that satisfies our body, our mind, and our souls. God, I pray that there are people this morning who are maybe feel like they're stuck, that they're in bondage, that they're um, chained to something that's preventing them from finding you or finding that rest, Jesus, by your power and by your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would break those bonds, that you would break those bonds so that we can experience the fullness of your presence unhindered, so that we can pursue you to find the rest that we are looking for. Because we can try and pursue rest in various ways, but it will never fulfill us unless we pursue you. So Jesus, we take this moment to pause right now, where we breathe, where we recognize your presence, and we allow that to fill us with your perfect rest. And so we take that moment right now. So God, I pray that as we paused, as we breathe and recognize your presence, that you would begin to allow our souls to catch up with our body as we pursue you and as the rest that we are invited into and that's a free gift is received and that the conflict and the things that are around us don't need to determine our rest, but that you, by your power, determine that we can experience rest in the midst of all of it. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm just going to scooch over while Pastor Lisa joins in the screen as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We just want to remind you, Bible study will be back here Thursday at seven Mm o'clock as well. If you can send in that five to 15 second clip thanking moms, we would love to have your video as Mm -hmm. part of our montage. If there is anything that we can pray for you about, you can visit us at myevangel.church 
forward slash prayer. What a great timely message on entering into her rest um, because rest isn't just an absence of busyness. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. And as always, we are here until noon. So you can text the number that came up on the screen, 604-210-8535, 604-210-8535. But if you wanted to talk to somebody this morning, we are here. Um, and that is 604-483-4283, 604-483-4283. And we would be happy to talk about mm. faith or just what um, is going on in your life this week. So God bless, and we will see you on Thursday. Thanks, guys. See ya.